Welcome to Laurel Heights in a recorded format and to a new series of lessons in this class from the Old Testament book of Proverbs. I have these lessons planned out through the end of April. I think we will also be in Proverbs in May. I just don't have the specific lesson plans ready yet into the May slots. So during April and perhaps part of May, our classes will be located here in Proverbs. We're going to begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for thy wisdom to guide and strengthen us in life, to impart understanding, motivation, and reminders we need on a daily basis. Accept our thanksgiving for Christ, who died for us and provides our access to thee. In his name we pray, amen. All right, let's talk about what Proverbs is about. In the Bible, Old Testament and New, there is a rich variety of types of writing. In the New Testament, you have the biographical material about Jesus in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. The historical narrative of the spread of the gospel in Acts then the letters or epistles, and the final book, Revelation, which is a kind of writing of its own. In the Old Testament, books of history, books of law, prophetic writings, the Psalms, wisdom literature, like Ecclesiastes and Proverbs. So, let me do a very simple comparison. We have just completed at Laurel Heights the study of First and Second Thessalonians, the Apostle Paul wrote two letters to the Christians in Thessalonica. In many ways, it's very much like a letter with greetings, encouragement, instruction, and warnings. Those are epistles, are letters, and they should be read as that form of communication. In those letters, there are extended discourses on needed topics like the second coming of Christ or the coming apostasy in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Proverbs is not that kind of writing. It's not like an epistle. In most cultures throughout history, this has been and continues to be a common form of instruction and communication, proverbs. The modern term might be sound bites. Let's talk about proverbs in the Bible, and I'm going to give you a little test. I'm asking for you to respond, though I know I cannot hear your response. I'm going to begin a sentence and ask you to finish it. Curiosity killed the... The answer is cat. Rome was not built in a day. Let bygones be bygones. Those are proverbs are sayings we are familiar with, used to express some knowledge or make an observation in a brief but memorable form, a soundbite. An essay, narrative, or discourse is different. Proverbs are brief nuggets of wisdom that put the spotlight on some truth we need from God. Someone said, this is from Mike Wilson's book, the biblical proverbs are God's text messages, like bite-sized packages of wisdom, 
often delivered in a memorable, witty manner. There are places in the book of Proverbs where some extended discussion is placed. We'll talk about that and do some expository work in chapter 1 and chapter 2 in future classes. But in the main, we are studying snapshots. God's text messages are sound bites. We will be in pursuit of wisdom from God communicated in these brief sayings. In these sayings, wisdom will be calling out to us, inviting us, and if embraced, we become better people before the Lord. As we begin, I want to make us aware that the topics developed and edited by Solomon here touch every aspect of earthly life. Should there be an exception, you can bring that to my attention. At this point, I'm convinced the topics developed and edited by Solomon here touch every aspect of earthly life. As you read through Proverbs, you'll see all these topics and relationships. Commitment to God, listening to your parents, attitude, money, temptation, friendship, a lot about the use of the tongue, warnings about sexual temptation, hard work, the godly woman, the godly man. I've named only some of the many topics we encounter in Proverbs. Remember, we're not talking about long discourses or essays or sequential arguments or anything like you'll find in the epistles. These are brief sayings, easy to commit to memory, containing wisdom from God that we need. There is a good introduction we're going to look at now in Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 7. I'm reading from the English Standard Version. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance. To understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction." Before we get into the rapid-fire sayings in Proverbs, this passage introduces the foundational concept of wisdom. The Hebrew concept of wisdom places emphasis on practice, not just knowledge. All through Proverbs, there is emphasis on not just knowing, but doing. Solomon, for instance, knew a lot of things, data deposited in the mind. People came from foreign countries to listen to what Solomon knew. God gave Solomon all that information, but Solomon had trouble with practice, with obedience. God, through the gospel of Christ, is asking us to know him and know the truth and then put the truth into our lives in all the practical ways day after day. Wisdom through these sound bites in Proverbs 
will be calling our name and inviting us to know and to practice what is good and right. Look at all these words packed together here in the introduction. Wisdom, instruction, insight. Into what? Righteousness, justice, equity. It should be our purpose to learn about these things for our daily use and to give prudence to the simple knowledge and discretion to the youth. That requires that we pay attention. So verse 5, let the wise hear and increase in learning and the one who understands obtain guidance. I need to be a learning, listening disciple. I need to be an obtainer a receiver, and a container of wisdom from God that I live out in my life every day. And I'm directed about that in these sound bites. Verse 7, I used this word a moment ago, foundational. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If I were asked or pressed to identify a theme for the book of Proverbs, I would use this statement, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Get this right, have this attitude of respect for God, and you'll be off to a good start in learning and then using knowledge from God. Someone said, if we distilled the whole book of Proverbs into one drop, it would be verse 7. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Now, you know what we need to talk about. What is the fear of the Lord? Let's get into that. Starting right here in the verse, the second part, let me call attention to that. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. This is the opposite of the fear of the Lord. In Proverbs, there is the fool, the person who acts on impulse without discipline, who cares nothing about what is right or moral or obedient to God. They act on impulse without discipline. They're fools. There is a key word here. Despise. Have you ever talked to someone? Have you ever tried to talk some sense into someone? And you can tell they just hate it. They can't stand it. Uh, they don't want any part of good sense, and they don't want to listen to you. They have a contempt for the truth. They would rather go away, smoke a cigarette, and get a beer, and then listen, listen to their buddies rather than listening to wisdom. That's one of the kinds of fools depicted in Proverbs. No time to sit around and listen to someone lecture them about a better way of life. No fear of God anywhere in their closed minds. That's the fool. They despise that which is good and right. Now, focus on the opposite. Think of somebody who is the opposite of that. Someone who knows God, knows His power, wants to be submissive to his authority, wants to please him in all things, holds God in the highest esteem. That's the person who will benefit from this book and all the sound bites in it. Let me say that again. 
We're talking about someone who fears God. They know God. They know his power. They want to be submissive to his authority. They want to please him in all things. They hold God in the highest esteem. That's the person who will benefit from this book and all the sound bites it contains. We hold out hope of reaching all the fools. But the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord. One source that I consulted in my study of Proverbs and preparation of these classes, Raymond Ortlund, Proverbs, Wisdom That Works, is the name of the book, the commentary. And he draws out this concept of the fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is openness to Him, eagerness to please Him, humility to be instructed by Him. The fear of the Lord is a willingness to turn from evil and change. The fear of the Lord is surrender to His will. The fear of the Lord is one way we love Him. The fear of Christ is meekly fitting in with one another, Ephesians 5.21, that I'll call attention to in the sermon. The fear of the Lord is when we realize I am not the measure of all things, I am being measured. That reverence toward God, perhaps surprisingly, builds our confidence and flows out as a fountain of life into everyone and everything we care about. That's the end of the quote from Ortland. One thing about this, the fear of the Lord is not raw terror, paranoia, or the flight emotion when under attack. The fear of the Lord fully recognizes the justice and wrath of God, but also is moved by His love and respectful of Him as Creator. Reverence is a good word here. Let's pause. This might be a good time in your group as you're listening to this or as an individual to pause the recording and to engage in some discussion with people who may be there with you or to think about this and go back and read the first seven verses of Proverbs chapter 1. Continuing, the book of Proverbs was not given just to help us identify the fools around us. It was given to help us identify the fools we may be, and to know wisdom and instruction, to be prudent and fear God. So, before the takeaways, I want you to listen again to Proverbs 1, verses 1 through 11. The Proverbs of Solomon, son of David, king of Israel. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealings, in righteousness, justice, and equity, to give prudence to the simple, knowledge and discretion to the youth. Let the wise hear and increase in learning, and the one who understands obtain guidance, to understand a proverb and a saying, the words of the wise and their riddles. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, fools, despise wisdom and instruction. Takeaways. Number one, in order for rules to be effective, 
they must be connected to relationship. You don't follow rules just to say you have followed the rules. We follow God's rules because He is God who seeks our response to Him, who deserves our response to Him. We love Him so we keep His commandments. It isn't just raw rule-keeping. It is rule-keeping that is unto the Lord. Further, we keep God's rules about marriage because we love our spouse and we want the highest standards to govern that relationship. So, as we enter into our study of Proverbs, don't just think of a list of rules. Think of rules connected to the ruler and relationships that ought to be conducted based on what the ruler has said. Takeaway number two. God's wisdom is first for our use in life, but then to impart to others through both influence and instruction. Once I decide to relate to God through His standards of conduct, I want others to have those standards and blessings. It is in this sense that Proverbs is evangelistic. We want to embrace God's wisdom and call upon others to also embrace His wisdom. Number three, the world says, and this is not original with me, the world says, live and learn. God says, learn and live. Proverbs 1, 2, and 3. To know wisdom and instruction, to understand words of insight, to receive instruction in wise dealing, in righteousness, justice, and equity. The world says, live and learn. God says, learn and then live. Number four. The book of Proverbs shows us the connection between choice and consequence. Here's where I want you to give some input in your group. Talk about this. And we'll bring it up several times in the course of our study in Proverbs. There is an inescapable link between choice and consequence. If you are listening to the recording and can pause and discuss this with your group, Give an example of a choice that leads to a negative consequence. And you're going to find that all through the book of Proverbs. For example, when intoxication is brought up over in chapter 23, verse 29, it reads like this, Who has woe? Who has sorrow? Who has strife? Who has complaining? Who has wounds without cause? Who has redness of eyes? And, of course, the answer is the intoxicated person. And these are consequences. The book of Proverbs shows us the connection between choice and consequence. There are some other things I want you to discuss in your group or think about as an individual after you listen to this. In Bible reading and study, we seek knowledge. But what has to come after knowledge? Application. You can read James 1, 22. We are not only hearers of the word, 
But after we hear it, we do it. We are doers of the word. In Bible reading and study, we seek knowledge. But what has to come after knowledge? Application. I have this question you can bring up in your group. Are we born wise? I'm just going to let you discuss that. And then I want you to think about this, and I'll bring this up in the next recording. What family reference point becomes the primary format of the book of Proverbs, especially in the early chapters? Let me pose that discussion question again. I want you to think about it. I'll bring it up again in the next recording. What family reference point becomes the primary format of Proverbs, especially in the early chapters? If you need some help with this, jot down these passages. Are you ready? Proverbs 6.20, Proverbs 6.1, Proverbs 5.1, Proverbs 4.20, Proverbs 4 verse 1, Proverbs 3 verse 1, Proverbs 2 verse 1, Proverbs 1 verse 8. What family reference point? becomes the primary format of Proverbs in the early chapters especially. Well, I hope this has helped you to get an introductory picture of what we're going to be doing over the next several weeks in our Bible classes that will be recorded from the book of Proverbs. Thank you so much for listening.